One, two, three. Do it. Oh, Welcome back to another episode of the Scolders Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Brown. Marco with me as always, my compatriot, Mike Anderson. Mike, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Doing well. Even after the Vikings are on two, you're doing well? Well, doing good? nice. What, we had uh, some steak and shrimp on the grill tonight? You know, a little had, surf had, and had turf? Some, had some roasty corn, you know. Had, had, a, nice, had a nice dinner, having some, some drinks here. and uh, Yeah. Going to talk about some Vikings football with a special guest. Which Indeed. I'll let you introduce. Uh, we got friend of the show, uh, all the way out in in Seattle. Uh, well, maybe I don't know if it's technically Seattle. Uh, he can tell us. But Jeff Serling, uh, welcome back. Joined us last year. Uh, Thank you, Jeff. How are we doing tonight? I'm good. I must have missed my invite for steak and shrimp and some roasted corn. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it doesn't go through the mail as well as uh, you'd hope. But yeah, you know. I, I know you can send frozen stuff through the mail, but. Uh... The steak they haven't quite perfected. Yeah. No, but, uh, yeah. Jeff joins us uh, from out west a lot earlier out there than it is here. And uh, we're excited to preview a little Seattle, Minnesota for seemingly (laughs) the 10th year in a row. Yeah, pretty much. Except this time, it's at historic U.S. Bank Stadium. This time it is at home, which... uh, was the last time they were here? Would that have been uh, Blair Walsh, situ- the Blair Walsh situation? That yes. would have been the last time, and that was outdoors at uh, T- was University of Minnesota. Right? Yeah, yeah, TCF, which is now like Huntington Bank Stadium or something, something like that. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, that also the the last time that uh, Bud Grant was outside in negative forty wind chill in frickin' short sleeve polo. Yeah, that was a hell of a game. And uh, reminiscent of last week, honestly, with a <laughs> a missed kick from short range. But I digress. Uh, yeah, I guess, uh, I mean, we're going to focus mostly on, I think, the Seattle game here. Uh, last week, Vikings, uh, unfortunately, played a pretty solid football game. I think they were probably the better team throughout the game against Arizona on the road, a Great. team that had the previous week dismantled the Titans um, on the road uh, and so came down to a 37 yard kick uh, I don't want to talk about it and uh, was missed wide right and Vikings go to 0-2 could easily be 2-0 and then on the flip side of the coin Seattle uh, after beating Indy week one comes home and uh, loses a Blows a 15-point lead in the second half, it sounds like. And were you saying, Jeff, that's the first time they've done that at home? I think that's the first time at home that they have blown a uh, the first ever lead of 15 more points at home. Okay, yeah. So uh, uh, Titans and, and Derrick Henry get back on track and go 1-1. One and, one and that's what brings us to uh, this week, which uh, Seattle travels to Minnesota. It's the 325 nationally televised game. 
big game for both teams. Uh, Vikings just a game back uh, from both Chicago and Green Bay. Uh, but out in the West, we've got what Arizona's two and zero. I think the Rams are two and zero, and are the forty. Okay. Are all three of those two and zero? I think they're all two and zero. So uh, you know, you can argue maybe a bigger game for Seattle because if you go to one one and uh, two in that division, but yet zero and three is a difficult hole. But um, you know, maybe we start out. Uh, what do we think? You know, what do we think offensively? Uh, on this side of the ball for the Vikes, what's going to be, you know, important this game? Um, I, I think, I think it's important for us to continue the, the clean play on the offensive line. I think week one um, was, was just very difficult to watch. You, you saw false starts from almost every member of the offensive line, and was it twelve penalties total in that game? So continuing to be clean there, continue to keep Cousins clean. We had a very good. Um, pass-blocking game against uh, the Cardinals. Um, I don't think J.J. Watt was really even a factor, um, which is amazing that you can contain him. So I think as long as we can have a good game from that offensive line, I think everything else is going to go, you know, as you'd expect. We still have the the good passing game weapons. Cook is hopefully going to be healthy by then. I think he said he had a little ankle injury he's, he's dealing with. But, I mean, this offense has not slowed down from last year. It's it's still putting up points at a high clip, um, and that I can only see that getting better throughout this year. Sure, yeah, and I think <clears throat> for me it's probably going to be that run game. Uh, I, I think as Jeff will tell us a little bit later, there might be an opportunity for Minnesota to put up some yards. Obviously, we don't mm-hmm. know the full extent of Dalvin's injury. Uh, certainly seemed like a different running back after the injury last week. Uh, but I know I watched his press conference this week when he talked to the media. Sounds like he's going to be out there. Uh, I think even a Dalvin at 70, 80% is better than 90% of the running backs in the NFL. So, um, well, let's, let's, let's just not have it come down to an Alexander Madison fourth down call uh, where he takes the wrong damn (laughs) cut. Yeah, Yeah. no, I, I think the run game is going to be key, uh, trying to keep Russ in that, uh, at times explosive offense, right, with DK and Lockett. Um, we know he likes to throw the deep ball. Uh, and I think our corners this year uh, are, are a bit of a concern, and, and we're hoping that gets better. I think Patrick Peterson uh, is maybe the one that, you know, and I don't know how they're going to do that, if they're going to put him on Metcalf and, and lock him in on that. But either way, we're going to have somebody on one of those that I know at least you and I don't have a lot of faith in. So, I think if we can keep the ball away from them and, and have some longer sustained drives, uh, that's really you know what I'm looking at on on the Vikings side. But uh, what about the other side of the the, the ball here, Jeff? Uh, or I should say the other side of the coin, maybe uh, Seattle offensively. What do you, what are you looking for this week? What do you think their game plan is going to be against a Vikings defense that is kind of all over the place right now? I mean, they've been <laughs> they've been good at times, they've been bad at times. <laughs> <clears throat> they're just a wild card. So this, this, it almost feels like we're still playing with a new toy. This new Shane Waldron offense is only in week three. Um, obviously, we've put up 30 points a game, so we're, we're, we're moving the ball efficiently. We're getting first downs. We're getting good leads. Um, I think what's one of the most interesting things, and kind of the Seattle media has been talking about it, and kind of the running joke is decoy Metcalf. And the fact that he really hasn't broken out in a game yet, he 
four catches in week one. I think he only had three in week two, and generally, for the most part, didn't feel like much of the off didn't feel like part of the offense when we went into in, when we went into Tennessee. Um, look for him. Like I said, if he gets single coverage, if they end up you know doubling lock and lock it, and he gets single coverage, I mean, he could have a big game, and that could be a big part of it. And like Pete always says, they like to establish the running game too. Carson has been solid, but like I said, they haven't really committed to a big run game this year yet. So um, I'll be interested to see how uh, how that plays out. Sure. So yeah. so so uh, you were saying the offensive coordinator is new for Seattle. Is that correct? So um, you're kind of in the same same situation as the Vikings. We we don't really know what to expect from him long term throughout the season. We've kind of seen a couple weeks, but. Um, you, you don't know how that evolves. Maybe there's a game where he completely falls on his face and only puts up, you know, 10 points. Yeah, I would agree. It's, you know, for us, Waldron is, uh, is part of the, the Sean McMay uh, Rams group. He was the passing game coordinator for the Rams last year. Um, came highly respected. And, you know, Russell Wilson has spoken, you know, really well about how he's coached him and and how he's put this together how he's put the offense together so um we're optimistic but we're also we're in week three so we're we're also a little guarded too and wasn't wasn't there a lot of off-season drama with uh pete carroll saying they needed to go back to you know running and establishing the run and and then the fan base was like, no, we have Russ and these weapons. And or am I dreaming that up? Or I, I thought I remember something along those lines. It, it was part of it, Russ. You know, so a lot of the drama had to do with you know the the rumored trades around Russell Wilson, um, whether or not he was going to be a long term player. Um, I think a lot of that got put to bed. You know, Russell definitely wanted some input in how the offense was run, and I think he and Waldron have kind of bonded pretty well in terms of how they are working together. Um, so I think I think most of the drama has passed. Any team, even with Waldron, even though he's a he's a big passing guy, any team, if you can run the ball 40, 45 times and win the game, they'd rather do that than throwing the ball 40 to 50 times a game. You know, so somebody once said probably one of the most impactful things is when you throw the ball, you know, three things can happen. Two of them are bad interceptions and completions. That's really the way passing games go. So if, if two out of three things that happen are going to be bad, then, you know, like I said, you know, most teams will like to run the ball, get out with a W, you know, especially on the road, you know, in like U.S. Bank, which is going to be a hostile environment. It's going to be a loud stadium. So run the ball get points on the board, play good defense, win the ball game, get out of Minnesota. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, you bring up a good point with the home, the home, <laughs> it's a home opener here too, right? So not only just a home game at U.S. Bank, I mean, this is a fan base that uh, hasn't been in there for almost two years, basically, because yep. we had no fans last year. Um, it's going to be full capacity. And, uh, you know, I think... I, you know, if you listen to the podcast, you know, this year I, I'm a little, I'm down on the team more than most are. And I was talking to Ed before the show and last week really kind of gave me a little bit of hope and, and maybe it's false hope. We're going to find out this week. Um, but I, I was just really impressed the way they went into Arizona. And I think it might've sparked a little bit of, little bit of faith in the fan base. And when you combine that with a first home game in a couple of years and, and the home opener and they've got all these events going on and it's going to be rock and they put out a, 
um, kind of that motivation, that hype video now that all the social yep. media teams are going to do. I think the crowd really does have a, an opportunity here to, um, you know, help Minnesota. I think it's going to be a close game regardless, and I think that crowd could be what potentially pushes us to that, you know, one or two point win. Well, and I didn't even expand on that, Mike. And having not beat Seattle in the past three years, because we've played at Seattle the past three years, um, and, and gotten beaten seemingly by closer and closer margins as these last three years has, has gone on. Um, the fan base knows that, and at this point, Seattle is another division rival right now. So um, that just adds way more juice to this, on top of it being season opener um, at home, and the COVID, you know, coming back from the, the COVID, no stadium last year. It's going to be absolutely rabid in that building on Sunday. Um, so it, it's. I do not envy Seattle coming in there and trying to play because it's it's going to be difficult, difficult environment. Yeah, and I, I guess something I'm curious, uh, as we bring that up, we joke, it, I don't know, 10 years in a row. I don't know how many years in a row it actually is. I think it's got to be at least five because I, I think they've played since 2016 in that uh, the game we lost. But regardless, they've played a lot. But, Jeff, how... How is it viewed out there? Is it, I mean, I know you've got some rivalries, you've got whatever. Is it to the point where, and granted, this has been one-sided, um, do you view it as almost like, yes, we get to play the Vikings? Is there a bit of a rivalry thing? Is it turned into anything with that fan base, or is it just another game? Not recently. I, I, I would think it's more, I mean, for me personally, with, with friends like you two, it's, it's a rivalry week definitely for me in terms of, you know, it being Seahawks-Vikings. Um, definitely without it being a division, I mean, I, w- I would say our rivals are definitely more Rams, Cardinals, 49ers. Those those are the ones that really become those those heated games. But if you remember, if you go back to it, I think we may have even talked about this last time on the, on the podcast, but, you know, the rivalry between Minneapolis and Seattle has gone back to, like, the, the Steve Hutchinson, Nate Burleson. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it goes back. There, there's some bad blood between the teams that has gone back for many years. So um, I look forward to this week because I, I know kind of how, you know, you know, spending a lot of time in Minnesota, I know how rabid the Vikings fans are. So I just know we're going we're gonna to be in for a good game. Yeah, I'm. It, it it's been fun for me too. Obviously, in recent years, with a uh, job where the company is based out there, and, and gaining a lot of friendships out there that um, you know are football fanatics, and and uh, it's it's been maybe a part of why I'm viewing this as kind of a game I look forward to every year. Um, it's just see, I, and I love Russ. I mean, I, I've made that known for many years on the podcast. So I, I, I've, I've literally <laughs> never heard you say that at all, Mike. Um, you know, he, he's one of my favorite players in the NFL, uh, and and I just I love watching him play football. So uh, I'm excited for the game. Three twenty-five. I always like that because you give yourself the full day to you know get mm-hmm. the dips going, get the grill going, watch a little. I think the early game we get a. Uh, I want to say we're going to get Chargers Chiefs, so we're going to get a hell of a football game early on. Yep. Uh, we get Green Bay, San Francisco. Uh, I think on the Sunday night game, then we got Eagles. That like it's just it's a great week of football. So um, it is a great week. I'm I'm excited. I can't wait for. I got one more work day to uh, to get through, and then I'm ready. It's going to be a fun weekend. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and I would expand on that too, Mike. Um, I just looked up the the his, the history between Vikings and Seattle here. 
Obviously, we know last three years we've played at Seattle. We played them twice in 2015 season, once in the playoff game, and then once in the regular season there. And then it's 13, 12, and then there's a couple years off. But it's it, the last decade, more often than not, we're playing Seattle. So not only does that mean that that we're pretty intimately familiar with the coaching styles of these two teams, because Mike Zimmer's been here for eight years. I think Pete Carroll's been there for more than that. Um we're also finishing in the same spot of the division, of our respective divisions. So we're kind of in that same power realm where um, we kind of always seem to be finishing about the same spot. Um, so it's 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 really duality, and it's fun to watch those games because it's they end up being a blow-for-blow blow fight. Um, just like last year, 26-27. It's, it's tight games, and it's they're just fun to watch. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um I pulled up here the uh, you know the game report here from from last week and it looks like you know they gave Derrick Henry 35 rushing attempts. He ran for 182. He added another 55 through the air. Uh, Tannehill threw for 350. You know, so it looks Dear like Lord. what's that? Dear Lord, Tannehill threw for yeah. 350? So I mean, it, it looks to me, Jeff, that they didn't have a problem moving the ball, whether it be through the air or on the ground. Uh, so as we go to the other side of the ball, I mean, what is the status of this defense? I know, I think last year you were one of the worst pass defenses, if, if I recall, maybe I was off on that, but, um, you know, what, what is the status of the defense right now and, and where, you know, our team's taking advantage? That's a great question because I'm not sure if we really know what the status of the defense (laughs) is here in Seattle. Um, with that, one of the things that happened last year, which kind of started to turn the tables on the team, was we had mid-season acquisitions. We had Carlos Dunlap come to the team. Um, we had uh, Jamal and then we Adams. Had the, uh, the Jamal Adams, yeah. you know, really started kind of, you know, getting into his rhythm. Missed four games at the beginning of the season last year. Came back. All the stories, nine and a half sacks in 12 games for a defensive back. Um, they really brought our pass rush together. And, of course, you all know when you get a pass rush and when you can get pressure on the quarterback, you know, and you have a good front seven that can play the run, you know, it plays right into your hands. And mm-hmm. we haven't seen the pass rush this year. I haven't seen Jamal Adams really in the backfield except for a couple of plays last week where he even got a really stupid penalty on a third down on a on a helmet to helmet hit on Tannehill so um, I'd love to see the defense play better I would love to see our front seven start to play better I'd like to see you know one of our big free agency acquisitions was Kerry Hyder who was a defensive end from San Francisco had eight sacks last year coming in I'd like to start to see our pass rush kind of come together and, uh, you know, and of course, you know, Derrick Henry ran roughshod on us. So, you know, I, I would fully expect them to give Dalvin Cook a good 25 carries and see what he can do with them. So. Okay. Yeah, it's it sounds very similar, I think, on, on this side of it. Um, but, I, I mean, what are you looking for from our defense, Ed, coming off of two games which <laughs> – at times, I thought they played well, right? We had a pick six last yep. week. We had three sacks from Daniil Hunter. Uh, but at the end of the day, you end up losing. You give up, you know, whatever it was, 30-some points. You know, what is the status of the defense right now, and, and what do you think is going to be the most important thing uh, as this hungry Seattle team comes into uh, historic U.S. Bank Stadium this weekend? Well, I think it comes down to two things. It comes down to contain and, and tackling. 
<clears throat> you look at all the problems that we had uh, last week against Arizona was very difficult to contain Will Buck quarterback, um, Kyler Murray, and, um, <clears throat> you know, Russ is, is he's getting older, but he's still squirrely and he likes to get out of the pocket and, and make some plays. So being able to contain him, keep him in the pocket where we can get some pressure on him, uh, make him make throws instead of off-schedule plays, that's where you're going to win against Russ um, on defense. And tackling is incredibly key. I, I couldn't count the amount of missed tackles we've had over the last two weeks. It's It's been it's been insane. Um, that's the most fundamental thing you can do, and we've been failing at it. Now, <clears throat> for both these points, Barr has been out the, all this season so far with a mysterious knee injury. And Everson Griffin... Um, swerved to not hit a deer and got a concussion because that's how the Vikings franchise goes. So um, hopefully he'll be back this week and he's going to be an immense help trying to contain rush on uh, trying to contain Russ on the edge. Um, so I think if you can do those two things, if you can keep Russ in the pocket, get him down a couple times um, and just tackle soundly, you should be able to just shore up the spots where we've seen issues with this the last couple weeks. Yeah, I, I think uh, we talk about it all the time. I mean, last week, keeping Kyler in the pocket, uh, bringing that pressure from the interior, and, and I thought we did a pretty nice job overall. Kyler made a couple of really nice throws, the one where he literally just ran back and threw it up in the air. Um, uh, actually, similar play to, I think Russell Wilson made a play like that in the playoff game back in 2015, 2016. Yep. That was similar to that. But um, if you if you can keep them in, in the pocket and try to generate that pressure and collapse it, I think you're better off. We've seen when Russ gets outside and gives the DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett's time, especially against the secondary that we have, uh, those guys get a half a step, Russ will throw it up, and you know we've seen some long passes, uh, long plays, including this year, Jamar Chase, um, uh, Rondell Moore, I think. You know, yep. Granted, that was kind of a broken play, but still... Uh, you know we've we've been prone to give up that long touchdown, and, and Seattle is certainly a team that looks for it. So uh, I know that's going to be on Mike Zimmer's mind, and we'll see if they can actually prevent that sort of thing from happening this week. Well, the thing like that as well is it's not even just that um, it gives them more time to get open. It it freezes the the defender that's immediately in the area. So if there's any kind of crossing route that's right in front of the quarterback where he rolls out, that guy immediately freezes because he knows Russ can run for the first down or Kyler can run for the first down. So immediately you get a, a a man advantage there because you take that defender out of the play because he's got a spy on the quarterback. Because you have to respect the running ability, and they're so good at making the throws, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. So it is it is so important to contain those guys. And maybe it's also important to contain Kirk now in those situations. Yeah, yeah he's got the – he's been know. scrambling lately. You know, newfound cousins is uh, – <laughs> Added another element to his... He's evolving. His game, I, I guess. Um, what What about... Uh, let's go maybe both sides here. So, Ed, let's start with you. What, what player... Um, what do you think the X factor? Give me, give me a player that's going to be an X factor in this game for Minnesota. Like, who, who do you think really needs to come out have a good game and, and can change the way, change the outcome of this game? Like, what? who are you looking for to really, you know, be that guy on Sunday afternoon? 
I think I'm looking at JJ. I mean, <clears throat> he's had a couple key drops in the yeah. last couple games here, uh, especially late in Arizona's game. He had a key drop where it would have been a 30-yard completion, whatever it was. Yeah. <clears throat> and he really hasn't had, um, kind of like DK, like like you said, um, he hasn't really had one of those breakout games this season. He's been kept pretty in check. Um, and if there's a team to do it against, no offense, no offense to Seattle's defense, but it seems like this is the team to do it against. Um, and I don't think you're going to get a better chance here in the first couple games slate of the Vikings. So um, I'm looking at him to just have a couple long completions where, where he just he gets a step on his guy and Kirk just is able to just laser it in there and, and, and get it there. Um, I, I think that's that's what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to a couple explosive plays because these teams are incredibly similar <clears throat> in strengths and weaknesses. So... It's gonna come down to a couple of those plays, and it's got to be JJ. Okay, we got a uh, we got a Justin Jefferson on this side. Uh, Jeff, what about you? Who are you looking for uh, to be kind of that X factor guy for you on Sunday? Uh, so offensively, I'll, I'll kind of maybe echo a little bit of what Ed was saying. Uh, you know, DK Metcalf could be your breakout game, and he could be the one. You know, after having two really quiet games, I think I think he's due for for a game with with seven or eight targets, a um, couple deep balls. You know, you know, I think he matches up well size wise mm-hmm. against Breland and against Peterson. So I think that that's going to come to an advantage. Um, defensively, we're going to have to stop. Uh, we're going to have to stop. Uh, Wow, I just blocked out the name of your running back. Um, Dalvin. <laughs> Dalvin, thank you. We're gonna, we're gonna have to stop Dalvin. Wait, Kirk, Dalvin? So I think uh, <laughs> I think Bobby Wagner is gonna be gonna be an X factor as well. Like I said, you know, getting getting him to the ball, getting him off of blocks, and getting him into the backfield and and stopping Dalvin, I, I think is gonna be the key on defense. Yeah, I. We'll, uh, we'll 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 live with we'll live with Kirk. I mean, like I said, if Kirk beats us, then we'll be. I think we'll be okay, but if Dalvin if Dalvin runs rough shot, we have no shot. Yeah, and and I mean it's an interesting transition because for me, uh, I think the guy is is Kirk Cousins. Um, I think that Dalvin did not participate in practice today. We know he's a little bit banged up. Um, I think he's going to be out there. He's going to have an opportunity to make some plays, but I think they're going to look to maybe limit the workload as much as they can if they can. And so I think the way yep. you do that is you do a little bit of play action and you get Cousins the ability to throw to the Justin Jefferson, the Thielen. Um, so I think this could be a, I think this could be a game where Cousins comes out and and throws for three fifty and four, you know, and and we're kind of shocked that everything seemed to come through the air. Um, you know, Dalvin maybe finishes with that seventy five, like does enough to move the chains. We do a little bit running the ball, but the big plays might come through the air because I agree. Justin Jefferson has been disappointing this year. He's had a couple drops. I'll flat out say he's disappointing. Yep. He he dropped. He had two hands on a ball that uh, I think would have put us at about the fifteen last yep. week. It would have been a game changer. You know, you probably win that football game. He's he's had some drops. He hasn't looked that great. It's a primetime game. Uh, you know, you you hope that he's going to come out and be hungry and and uh, that's why I'm going. I'm going with Cousins. I think he. Keeps the he builds on a little bit of the Arizona game and and uh, I don't know call me crazy I'm I'm optimistic this week. Uh, if if you believe some of the Twitter analysts, um, some of his pressers, he's he seemed almost angry. 
Oh, which, which, which Angry is, Kirk. Which is, which is different, you know, from what we've seen from Kirk before. So uh, maybe Angry Kirk comes out there and just torches Seattle's defense. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I, I don't know either. Maybe maybe Kirk runs for 150 and two scores as well. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, all right. What? Uh, I mean, obviously we can get to predictions. Uh Anything else? I mean, either anything else? Any talk points from either you guys that we missed? You want to touch on? No, I. I, I mean, I think we we covered it. I think we're, like I said, we're we're pretty close teams in terms of what we want to do, how we want to do it, and defensive struggle. So it's, I think it's whoever puts puts together the more complete game. Yeah, I don't think this is going to be one of those fourteen, thirteen, seventeen. 14 games no uh, i have a feeling this one might hit the over what's what's the over under right now i don't know i'm sure it's up there maybe f- 48 and a half or something like that i can look it up yeah i'd probably smash you over on that yeah uh well then let's do well, seattle's moved all the way to a two-point favorite now Ooh, 55 and a half Oh, that's a tough one. Oh, I'd, I'd go under on that one. I'd, usually when you get these two powerhouse teams that have just good offenses mm-hmm. and subpar defenses, it ends up being more of a defensive struggle. It's, there, there'll be a couple of turnovers. There'll be a big sack or even the special teams coming in and a, you know, a good punt that gets down inside the five that changes the field position. That's usually what, you know, these Vikings Seahawks games, those are usually the things, the intangibles that end up making the game close. And, you know, I'd probably take the under on that one. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of weird how it works like that, where you have two good offenses coming in. Always seems to end up like 13-7 to 7 game or something stupid like that. Yeah. I, I just, I think this is still going to be one of those 31-27, 31-28, 31-34. I'm hitting the over. Okay, what's, what's your prediction then? Uh, well, crazily, you know, this is one that I've been saying for weeks and weeks that, you know, we just don't beat Seattle. Is he going to do it? Um, but I, I, I like the way we showed up against Is Arizona. Do it? It's the home opener, and I think if they're going to turn this thing around, there's 15 games left, six more within the division. I liked what I saw. I think they're hungry. Give me the crowd. Give me give me the, the one-point victory. I, I think Greg Joseph redeems himself, and I'm going 31-28. The Vikings pull it out. 31-28. This, on a, on a Greg is, Joseph uh, make. This this is from fifty five. First time on the podcast. First time that Mike has predicted the Vikings are going to beat the Seattle Seahawks. Mark it down. This is a yeah. historic moment. I don't know. Thirty one twenty eight. Mike's got it. Yeah. Jeff, what do you got? No. I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little lower score. Um, I. The home field advantage for Minnesota worries me because, you know, home openers are always big things. Crowds are jazzed to get back in the stadium. Beers flowing, fireworks. You got everything. You got everything going there. Um, if we can make some big plays in the first quarter, you know, a couple of good drives, keep the Vikings offense off the field, you know, march down, a couple of good 80-yard drives, put points on the board. I think we could easily see, you know, Seattle 19-17 over 
uh, over Minnesota. I think I think Minnesota gets that two and a half point spread, but I think uh, you know nineteen seventeen. I'm going to take Seahawks win. Nineteen seventeen, low scoring affair. Okay. <clears throat> you know what? I got to be different because because Mike Mike chose a, a close game. I don't think this game is close. I think the Vikings are hungry after three last play losses or two last play losses by four points total. Um, I think the Vikings find a way to dominate. Whoa. <laughs> and we win 31 to 17. That would, uh, that would get the people talking. I, I, I think, I think if you do that, you show up because they've shown they've, they're capable of showing up in these games. Um, and we don't even have the full roster of, of starters yet. Um, I think we show up and, and we, we prove that we belong in the conversation of the best one and two teams in the league. I I mean, I don't know if I see that happening, but uh, the NFL has certainly been Any strange. given Sunday, Mike. Any given Sunday. Um, we've talked about it year over year. It, it just, the teams are getting better. The coaching is getting better. The game planning is getting better. Yep. And... You know, look at it right now. You know, a lot of people thought Houston wasn't going to win a football game this year. They're one and one, and you know, one point down a two and zero Carolina team. It, it, you know, anything can happen. So, yep. Uh, we'll see. It's going to be fun on Sunday, uh, three twenty-five kickoff. I didn't see who had the call. Um, I don't know who. I don't even know who I'd be hoping for. I guess at that point, I'm assuming it's not. Uh, it won't be Romo, so... Yeah, because it's not CBS, so mm-hmm. who knows. Um, all right, well, we got the predictions. Any Anything else? Anything else come to mind? I don't think so. I think, I think I'm think i just ready for it to, to be here. Um, circle this game on the calendar when, when it came out. You know, it's... We, we just got to get this demon out of our system. We haven't beat you guys since 2009, I think, because it's the last time, so I'm, I'm done with it. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, you'll be you'll be a blast next week if we end up getting killed by Seattle in our own three. Oh yeah, I'll yeah, I'll be I'll be something special for sure. It's uh <laughs> it's hard to say it's a must win game for both teams, but neither you know, Seattle it, doesn't want to drop to one and two and yeah. Minnesota doesn't want to drop to oh and three, so it'll, it it, it'll it feels like it. Yeah, it feels like it for both teams. Which is odd, but Yeah. Alright. I'm sure. I'm sure Mike will be texting me one way or another, you know, during the course of the game. So I will. I'm on. Uh, I got babysitting duty. Uh, nice. During the game, because the the wife is back back at it with the Vikes, so she's should be at the game working and. Um, yeah. So Mike, what's uh, what's what's the uh, son gonna wear for the game? Just want to know what what, uh, what 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 could he possibly wear that might uh, represent well for the game? You know, we got him a Vikings jersey uh, before the game last week, so I'm sure that's what he'll be repping. Oh, I think nice. he's got some other stuff he could probably wear. Well, you never, you know, maybe some other weeks he <laughs> might he might entertain that. <laughs> what, what what did he send a, a rest jersey? Yeah, he's got God. Jack Jackson's got the rust jersey, so. Oh man, got got to take care of the kid. Make sure he represents well. So, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I think that's gonna do it, right? Yeah, I think that does it for this show. Um, 
Just excited to, to get the fans back in the stadium and, and see this game. It's going to be a fun one. I wish I was be able to be there in person, but uh, you know I'm going to get to at least one game this year, and yeah, it's going to be a fun time. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, Jeff, thanks for joining again, and uh, you know you never know. Maybe we'll meet later this year or something in the the yeah. postseason. Uh, otherwise, I'm sure we'll do this again next year. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. Thanks for having me back, and uh, wish you guys at least health in terms of getting out of the game healthy. But I can't say I'm going to root for you guys to do well. So that's fair. It's the like same to you. Wish health, and you know, go Vikings. Let's go. All right, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> go Hawks. <laughs>